Oh my god. I wasn't sure if I screamed it or mouthed it. My heart kicked into overdrive, and my hands came out to ward off the intruder. It took a few seconds to process the fact that the intruder was Liam, looking taller and more imposing than ever in the claustrophobic hallway of my low-rent building. What are you doing here? I asked. My breath huffed out in a gasp. How did you know this was my place? He blinked, staring at the front of my soaked hoodie. My driver has an excellent memory. Oh yes, the silent, uniformed driver. He'd walked me right to the store, and it hadn't occurred to me that in his insistence to do so, Liam would know where I lived. You're soaked, he said, taking a step closer. He was in jeans, the expensive, weathered kind that cling to a man's body in all the right places. He'd paired them with a sage pullover and an equally weathered caramel-colored leather jacket that probably cost two months of my dancer's salary. He was completely dry. I clutched my sodden bag closer to my side. Why aren't you wet? How long have you been here? Not long. I would have called, but I didn't have your number. I wanted to bring you this. He held out a single rose. It's from last night's performance. To replace the one Rubio ate. I stared at it, awed by his thoughtfulness. The rose was velvety pale pink, just like the other one. Where did you get it? I mean, how? The flowers were still in the back, in a box. Eve was very helpful. You know Eve? I know Eve, he frowned. And Ruby, too. Although it pains me sometimes to call him a friend. I took the flower and held it to my nose, swallowing back emotion as I stared at him. He'd gone to the theater to find a replacement rose for me. It was the nicest thing anyone had done for me in months. Thank you, I said. I felt bad about the other one. I know. I felt bad about a lot of things that happened yesterday. I made Ruby apologize to you, but I should have apologized too. He ran a hand through his hair and looked at the floor, then back at me. I should have listened when you said you weren't a party person. I should have read your signals better. I should have seen you home, myself, after I kicked Ruby out. I should have done a lot of things I didn't do. I guess my main concern is whether you're okay. It was my turn to talk, to say I was perfectly fine, that it was no big deal. I wanted to say all the right words, but they wouldn't come. I could feel my face breaking. I didn't want to start bawling in front of him. I was so ugly when I cried. No graceful pretty tears here. More like awful, miserable, emotional weirdo tears. So it was really, really important that I get away from him. I clutched the rose to my chest and searched for my keys. Ashley. What? My voice sounded thick and weird. Maybe he wouldn't notice, since he didn't know me that well. Why the fuck were keys as elusive as unicorns when you needed to find them in your purse? I saw him reach out, in my peripheral vision, and then he took my face in one of his hands, just gripped it between thumb and fingers. Our gazes met and locked. His eyes were liquid amber, even more beautiful than I remembered. He came close, so close to me, and I realized he was going to kiss me. 
He tilted my face and brushed his lips across mine with the barest hint of pressure. It wasn't a lucid decision. Okay, I'm going to cry now. But as his lips moved over mine, the tears that had been building up all day spilled out of my eyes. My face scrunched up and my mouth trembled uncontrollably. He brushed his fingers through the wet trails, nuzzling me, dropping warm, light kisses on my cheeks. Don't. He whispered, don't cry.